What a year. 2017. 2017. You know, at the end of last year, they're like, everyone was like, ugh, 2016. The worst. Oh, I know. No, that's every, it's every year. Is it? I hate like- that. No, but you always have, not naming names, but there are specific people I know, and every year they're like, good riddance to this year. It kicked my ass to hell and back. 2018 is going to be the year of me. And then, like, the next year, they just say the same thing, and you're like, Welcome to Mostly Sober Thoughts. Today, we're talking about a, a year, year in review. <laughs> Wait, did anyone plan that? So yeah. I'm Natalie. I'm Molly. This episode is maybe too personal for a second episode, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, we're just like, we did one episode. Everyone cares about our lives now, right? We can just talk about ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies for not having... I guess this time. We know Greg really set the standard. Your stuck was just us. We're so sorry. Yeah. If you miss Greg, you can listen to it again. <laughs> or check out yeah. his stuff online. <laughs> a year in review. This year. It went by so fast. What a roller coaster. Yeah, it feels like it was just December. Yesterday. Last December. I feel like every year, I'm like, wow, I learned so much this year. I just... What a whirlwind. And then every year, it's just, I learn so much again. <laughs> you just it's keep getting so it. smart. <laughs> I'm just going through so much personal growth. <laughs> what do you think is the most important thing you learned this year? Oh. I know that's a tough question. <laughs> okay. I feel like I learned a lot of things. One of the biggest things I learned I know we talk about journalism school a lot. But that's a big part of our lives. It's, it's part of our identity. <laughs> so we brand ourselves. <laughs> I think because G school is all about storytelling and finding stories to tell, I think that I've learned a lot about like capturing moments in a way. Like what I'm, uh, what I've learned and what I'm continuing to learn is how interesting everyday things are, you know? And like, Yes. <laughs> I think that before this program, it was easy to be like, oh, everything's boring and nothing matters. But, like, if you're trying to find story ideas and you're trying to, like, pitch just, like, regular events in a way that, like, you would want to make people care, you have to do it with a, an interesting twist. So, I think that um, I've realized, one, how many interesting and exciting things are actually out there, and two... I think how to see something maybe boring as interesting and exciting, if that makes sense at all. So, like, how to twist it into a way that seems exciting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was a coherent thought. No, I think, yeah. I think I think that everything can be exciting if you make it exciting. My mom has this saying, because one time she was in, uh, she's waiting in a doctor's office, and there was a kid sitting beside her. And the kid just kept saying out loud, I'm so bored. Like, not just once or twice, like probably 30 times. 
And finally, this older man in the waiting room was like, you know what? Only boring people get bored. And my mom is obsessed with that. She thinks it's the funniest thing, but also so true. But I think it's like... Can you imagine being that child? I think I'm so much nice. Me too. I would never open my mouth again. Um, I think that like... Yeah, I think that that's a really good point. It's like, I don't know. There are so many exciting things that happen every day. And... I don't know, we're so busy, but like being, again, like being in this program and like having to search out stories, I think it puts you in a mindset because you're looking for story ideas all the time. So you think more like that, but yeah, I think there are definitely a lot of little things that I wouldn't have thought of as like super interesting that I got to either cover or like, because I got interested in a certain topic because of something I covered, then I found something else interesting. Like, yeah, I think that you can make a lot of ordinary everyday, not only making them interesting, but I think a lot of them do have a lot of interesting sides to them, and it's just a matter of being able to see that and recognize that. You articulated that so much better than I did, but that's <laughs> what I was trying to say. I do think that that is the biggest lesson I've learned, and it's like I've come into that mindset because of the program, I think, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, but it's not like a, like a school-specific realization, you know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. it's like something that's like helped me a lot in my life yeah. in general. Oh, for sure, for sure, for yeah. sure. What would you say is your biggest lesson of oh 2017? Um, I think, like, a big lesson for me... Oh, my God, now I want to go back into 2016. No, I was thinking only with 2017. Too far back. I don't even remember what I had for breakfast. That's wild. I think that one of the biggest lessons I learned... Um, it's not necessarily a lesson, but I really had... I had some moments this year where I, where I had to think of things on a macro and micro scale... Um, in terms of like choices I was making, whether it be with jobs or things like that, um, I think that my go-to is to think that like the world is ending <laughs> if I have to make a choice and I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I make the wrong choice? What if I make a choice and I'm not happy with it? What if the choice I make doesn't lead to what I think it's going to make? What if I'm losing the best opportunity in my life? I think I almost think of my life as, like, every time I get to a choice, it's two straight paths. And, like, if I don't, you know, whichever one I choose, I'm losing all the opportunity brought by the other one, even if there's nothing. Um, So I think that there were a lot of times where I just had to put myself in a mindset and be like, if I make this choice, even though it seems like it's the most important thing in the world right now, life I know people say life is short, but life does have its length. (laughs) And, like, if I make a choice now, I'm 20 years old, it's not going to impact the rest of, like, I'm going to be fine. It's not going to impact the rest of my life. I feel like I just have a tendency to think that way. So it's really important for me to just set myself down and make sure I realize that, like, as much as when I think of things in a micro way, it just, like, my whole world is that issue or that problem um I need to think of it in a macro way and be like if I look at a timeline of my life I'm gonna be fine like this is just one tiny year it's crazy so much happened and so much went on and so many choices were made but like it's one tiny year it's not gonna impact the rest of everything that I do I think that on the note of like reacting to choices or like mistakes or maybe like poor grades or just other little hiccups and this is something that we talk about a lot too but like I think that especially at our age but at all ages really like we're just learning you know what I mean oh my god my one of my favorite quotes oh 
I love life learning. One of my favorite quotes is from Michelangelo, and on his deathbed, he said, I am still learning. Wow, you're so cultured. Thank you for sharing that with us. I... It's just me in the room. (laughs) Everyone. We're all in this together. Everyone. I remember seeing that quote in grade 12. Quotes really got me through grade 12, let me tell you. But I remember seeing that quote in grade 12 and being like, you know what? It's okay. Like, I am still learning. I think if I had a mantra, it would be, I am still learning. I would copy Michelangelo. I don't, I don't say that to myself, but I think if I did, maybe that's a new thing for 2018. Because I think it's so important to always just remember that you're still learning. You're okay. Personal growth. <laughs> would you say that's your New Year's resolution? I have a couple things. That wasn't one until now, but I kind of like that, just to always have that in mind. Um, my New Year's resolution is to spend less. I say that every year, but I really think that I can do it if I put my mind to it. Last year, I think I said I wanted to cook more. but You do cook, though. Yeah, I cook as much as I can, but I think my thing this year is... Not even just spend less. I want to be thriftier. What's the difference? Isn't that so much more fun? Well, like, it just sounds fun. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I think more on like clothing. Like that's gonna be Ooh. my thing. Like I want. You're good at being thrifty with clothing. Like you can find something that I'd be like, what? What would you even do with this? And you're like, no, this is a great piece. First of all, you know that it's artistic when you call it a piece and not just like this sweater but you'll like find something random and like make it work whereas I'd be like what no one would ever buy that and it looks great I'm like oh how do you even do that that's literally hilarious no I love I love wearing old things just because there are many reasons <laughs> I love wearing old things. my first thing is I love when you put an old piece on <laughs> and you're just like who originally bought this and you just have that thought with you all day you like think of the people that could have worn this before you and like what where did they wear it? I just like that aspect of it. Just like mm-hmm. knowing that like this piece of clothing has traveled through time to get to you. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Not like vibe. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like I could one wonder all of those things about the piece in the store and then just like not buy it and I'm like "Mm, wonder and then because I just know that if it's like I just can't pull it off I just can't you can pull off thrifted clothing 2018 not yeah maybe maybe that's my year's resolution but yeah I just like the unique factor of like having thrifted clothing and like things that are so like I don't know I I call them one of a kind they're not necessarily one of a kind like there are lots of them but I just like going into a store and being like I love this shirt and it's nowhere else that I think I can find it. So I like that part. I feel like you also earn so many street cred points when someone's like, oh, I love that. Where'd you get it? A thrift store. Oh, well, honestly. (laughs) You're so cool now. I was watching an episode of a TV show, Master of None. Everyone should watch it. There's this one episode and this girl is wearing a coat and she goes to meet her friend and her friend's wearing the same coat. And she's like, okay, when you asked me where I got this coat, I thought you were just making conversation and that you were going to go out and buy it. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> I think that's like part of thrifting. I also like, like when you say the street cred thing, that is totally right. Um, whenever I ask someone about a like, piece and I really like it and they're like, oh, I just got this little thrift store. I'm like, 
I like grab, <laughs> I, like grab them. I'm like, which one? Like, I'm going now. Uh, their feet like don't touch the floor anymore because Molly is like lifted them by their collar. Honestly, though. But then also at the same, as much as I'm like frustrated by that, at the same time when someone says to me, "Where did you get that?" I'm like, just this little place. <laughs> I'm like, I feel so proud. So yeah, I think that's one of that's like that's a material goal for the new year <laughs> that's allowed mm-hmm. i would say i was talking to someone recently about new year's resolutions and she was like i just have goals based on like when they feel right like i don't need january to come around for me to be like i'm gonna start doing this to better myself she's like if i need to start doing a thing I'll just start doing that thing, even if it's August. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I definitely feel for myself, I do need, like, January as a kick in the butt to be like, okay, get your shit together. It's a new year. Mm-hmm. It's time. One of my New Year's resolutions is definitely to be more organized. That was my personal growth one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I feel like in general, like, my stuff gets done Mm-hmm. And I would say for the most part, it gets done, like, decently well, but it's always a scramble. It's a last-minute scramble, and I freak out about everything, and it just, I could probably save myself and the people around me a lot of stress if I were a little bit more organized, mm-hmm. I feel. I think the one good thing that we both do is we live out of agendas. That's true. I write down everything. Yeah, I need, I need to, or I will forget, and I will not do things that I need to do and it's scary so I need to but my other thing is I wish I could say that my new year's resolution would be to start bullet journaling because I think the idea is so cool but it stresses me out those videos I'm like you are an artist like that's that's not you're not normal (laughs) I'm gonna express an unpopular opinion what you hate them I think they're dumb (laughs) I don't get it you just spend like okay But, like, okay, so correct me if I'm wrong. My understanding of bullet journals are that because they're so, like, aesthetically pleasing, you're, like, more organized, or, like, more motivated to do your thing. Because it's, like, I don't, I just Honestly, don't, I don't really know the point either. Like, what? <laughs> you just waste so much time making the journal. Aesthetics, guys. Like, aesthetics run our world. Yeah, you're all about aesthetics. <laughs> and I'm, like, what? <laughs> I think that it's cool because, obviously, you can make them really personal. So, like, if you're, like, I want to track my mood. I want to track this, like it's tracking things in your life. But I, there's that side of it that I like where you can like make it a personal thing and like track different things and like see how things change. Um, But the other side of it that I like is um, a lot of people also use it for journaling. Whereas I just use my agenda strictly for things that I need to do. Like I don't write down like, oh, I did this today. Like I don't do that. But my grandma has had a journal since she was like 16 and now that she's older, sometimes we'll go back with her and read her journals from back in the day. That's it's cool. so cool. That's not a bullet like journal. That. That's a different thing. And that's no, cool. No, but some people... Oh, like, you, the journaling itself is a different thing? Than bullet journaling specifically. Like, I'm not but against people, journaling. Oh, yeah, but some people use it as a journal, too. Like, I mean, it's not as specific as writing an entire entry, but they'll be like, I just jot, like, this thing down, you know what I mean? But it doesn't seem like they just jot it down. When you, like, look at those things in bullet journals. Natalie, what bullet journal are you? Yeah, maybe I don't know what bullet journals are. I'm not going to hate on bullet journals. I'm just trying to understand. I think the thing is, I think the thing with bullet journals is that, like I said, 
it's the creative freedom. Like what you want in the bullet journal, you're going to have in the bullet journal because you're putting it there. That's the difference between having that and an organized agenda. Right, but okay, agendas and journals are different Yo, things. Though. What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, I don't even get here. Uh-huh. I don't know. If you bullet journal, that's cool. Maybe explain to me why. Yeah, but... if you have any tips for bullet journaling or you actually do it and are into it, please let us know because we know nothing, but also are really <laughs> curious. Yeah, really intrigued by the bullet journaling world, but it oh. just seems different than journaling. <laughs> I saw someone doing it, though, the other day in a coffee shop, and they looked like they were having so much fun, and it looked really nice. Probably in the beginning stages. They were still excited. They are in the honeymoon phase. <laughs> the bullet journaling. <laughs> Anyways, this got really bullet journal specific. We're not even a bullet journal for like half an hour. Um, what I was going to say, though, the other thing with being organized is that I want to do more meal prep, I think, because I feel like... First of all, when I prep my meals, I spend less money on groceries because so I'm not like yeah. a snack here and a snack there. That's you know just what I mean? Just like, <laughs> I mean, snacks are great, but then you can like plan for snacks. Yes. And I can be like, I come home from school and I know that I'm going to eat this thing for dinner and then I'm going to have this for snack and I just, I spend less on groceries and I eat better because I'm mm. not like, I'm starving everything I own, get in my belly right now, you know? There is a girl at my work. And she is the most dedicated um, meal prepper. Meal prepper. It's amazing. And this is her thing that she says. She's like, everyone always says, oh my God, that must be so difficult. She's like, yeah, like for a couple of hours. But I mean, like she's always like, it's really worth it in the end. And all of her meals seem so delicious. Yeah. I, like the few times, like I'm not a very good meal prepper. Sometimes I'll make meals for like Monday, Tuesday on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But... I am always glad that I did it. I recently bought a cookbook, as you know, and I'm pumped <laughs> on that cookbook. Everyone in the house knows. It's so great, and it's just, like, everything is so affordable and, like, generally pretty healthy, and, man, that cookbook. It's gonna, I'm just bored of Pinterest and online, mm-hmm. and I'm, like, out of meals. I'm just in a meal rut, and I think it's going to get mm-hmm. me out. I think in the new year I want to buy a crock pot. Ooh, because I that's a game. That changer i mean i grew up in a house that lived like we worshipped our crock pot <laughs> actually just side story my dad used to make beef stew a lot in the crock pot mm-hmm. and then like i went to middle school and i was like uh, i'm not taking beef stew dad that's disgusting and he got really sad about it and then he stopped making beef stew for like years Aww. and then now he makes it again and he's always like remember that time you're embarrassed of my stew i'm like yes I did think that also. I was like, oh, I'm not taking that. It's going to stink up the whole cafeteria. And everyone's going to make fun of me. Yeah. So I definitely feel that. No, we just that. take, like, like, <laughs> like whatever. You're just like, I'll stink up the glass. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I blow out, like, all of my containers in a lecture hall. They all, like, I'm, like, making noise, eating it. There's, like, a full, like, five-course meal in front of me. Everyone around me is like, what is going on? You're just jealous because you're hungry. <laughs> But yeah, my brother got a crock pot as a moving away gift before he moved into his new apartment in the fall. And some of the meals that he makes are amazing. And he's a film student, so there are days where he like has long days shooting and like writing and stuff like that. He just puts his chicken and things in the crock pot, plugs her in, and has a delicious meal a couple hours later. It's amazing though. I just feel like that would be a game changer for me because 
my, my big thing about food, I like the act of cooking, and I like the act of baking, but I find the timing of it just... I'm always like, oh, I could be doing so many more things. <laughs> that's so true. And that's the other thing about meal prepping, I feel, is that if I like, I'm like, okay, I'm dedicating a couple hours now, then I'll have more time to save the rest of the week. So all in all, meal prep, saving time, saving money, and eating better. So honestly, hold me to it. Meal prepping. I think we should do a check-in episode in like March and see if we've oh, that's a good idea. actually <laughs> stuck to these semi-goals at all yeah it's a good idea <laughs> we changed as beings <laughs> one of my favorite things for 2017 which is also something i did to challenge myself was taking a tap dancing class i mean there are a couple different reasons for it i used to dance when i was younger and then in december i saw the movie la la land which is near and dear to my heart um la la but... triggered us all <laughs> in <laughs> different ways honestly though um and I was just so blown away by the tap dancing in it. And, like, it made me remember how much I love dancing. And when I'm dancing, I get this feeling that, like, I feel like I only other like only ever get that feeling when I'm writing. It's, like, the same thing, and I'm just in my own world, and I love that. So I ended up signing up for a tap dancing class at the university I go to. Um, and it was super small. We probably had, like, six to eight people every time. Um, but it was so fun. I enjoyed it so much. It like, it, it just like brought back all of the feels from dancing when I was younger. Um, like I said, like it was a really small class. So we definitely like got to know each other as students, but the teacher was so friendly. She was so friendly and supportive and helpful. Um, I learned the shim sham. Which is, like, basically, they call it, like, the tap dance handshake. So, like, if you tap dance, it's probably, like, the first thing that you'll learn. But I think I did a little bit of history on it, and the way that it worked was, like, it was made as a dance. So, like, if, um, if like, musicians or, like, dancers were all together doing something, then they could, like, all do It's a really simple dance, so, like, everyone would be able to do it together. And then, like, it's a finale kind of thing, so it, it looks really cool, like, done in a big group. Um, but that was so fun, and, like, I just, tap dancing was something I had been interested in before La La Land, um, but just never really, like, felt like I had time for it, um, but I figured that I would give it a go, and I loved it so much, like, I would love to be able to take maybe, like, a tap dancing or a swing dancing class or some kind of dance class in the new year. I think that would be so fun if I can organize my time. I think that would be really great, but, yeah, it definitely was something, I just talked about it for too long. Like, I needed to do it. There was no way I couldn't do it. I, I talked about it for years. It was its time. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it, though. It was so fun. I think it's super cool to do things, like, outside of school and outside of your social life and, like, work. Just, like, something for yourself. Like, yeah, I'm as someone, an older person. For sure. Like, I'm someone who always grew up doing extracurriculars. Uh -huh. Like, I played basketball. Mm -hmm. I played soccer. Like, I did snowboarding and, like just, like, was on a bunch of, like, teams and part of so many different clubs, which was awesome because you got to explore so many different interests, but it's so easy to get caught up in, like, school and assignments and, like, if I have free time, it's going to be spent with friends or I'm going to be working, but it's so nice to just, like, make this commitment to yourself that, like, for whatever it is, a couple hours a week, you're going to go to dance class or, like, in my case, this summer I signed up for an improv class, which was 
so much fun and so far outside of my comfort zone, but just like in the best way. Comedy is something that I've always been interested in and like that has only grown over recent years. I'm obsessed with like SNL and stand up and like especially so many of the female producers of these comedy shows like Broad City and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I can attest. I feel like it's like at least... At least 30%, 30 to 40% of, like, what Natalie talks about is related to, like, female producers and comedy. <laughs> I just think it's so it. cool that they, like, found something that they're interested in and made a career out of it. And yeah. I guess because it's, like, a lot of people do that, but I guess it's because it's something that I'm also interested in. I'm like, wow, yeah. they're just, they're doing it. It's they're living the dream, for sure. Um, so that improv class for me was really awesome. And, like, it was also just, like, really fun to do something that was just mine in a way you know what I mean um and I met a lot of like really cool people who I would never probably have had the opportunity to interact with Mm -hmm. so that was really awesome and I feel like normally the extracurriculars I would lean more towards are active because I'm like exercising is something that I like really try to make time for for my sanity so I'm like, well, if I make this commitment, like last year I signed up for uh, basketball intramurals. I'm like, if I make this commitment to a team and I like pay this money to sign up for the league, then I'm like for sure going to be working out for whatever, like it is like an hour or two hours a week. And like, that's not something I can back out of. And it also is just like really fun and I genuinely enjoy it. But I almost surprised myself by signing up for an extracurricular that wasn't um, kind of activity related. But it was so, it was so awesome. If anyone is ever interested in doing improv, just do it. It's so fun. I mean, I was terrible at it, but it was was great. But improv is so good in so many different, like, parts of your life. Like, there are so many skills that come out of that. Oh, For sure. And a lot of the people, well, I won't say a lot, but at least a couple of the people who were in, I took two classes, but in, in some of the classes, people were like, yeah, I'm not really interested in comedy, but I'm just here because... I'm looking to kind of boost my confidence and, like, get better at people. That's and like so cool. learning to be yeah. in the spotlight or, like, have some attention on me and not freak out, yeah. which is awesome. But, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot that I feel improv is good for, and I definitely feel like I gained a lot from it. No, my aunt swears by it. She, if it was a perfect world, she would have everyone in an improv class. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no, like, take as many as you can. Um... No, she just really enjoyed them, and she, like, she always raves on about all of the different, like, social skills yeah. that you can get from it, which I think is so, it was so, your show is so fun. <laughs> I Thanks. got to see the show. <laughs> it was so fun. I'm glad that it was fun to watch as well. But, yeah, we hope that you had a wonderful 2017. Hopefully 2018 is all that you hope it will be, all of it. All your dreams come true. All your goals are made possible. Um, and please let me know. Natalie doesn't like bullet journals, so don't don't direct your messages to her. But if you bullet journal or know anything about it, please let me know because I really know nothing and it terrifies me. But I still think it's really cool. And if I could ever make my way into the bullet journaling world, I'd be happy to. I just I think I need a little bit of guidance from people. If you want to talk about why you think bullet journals are a waste of time, (laughs) hit me up. Maybe I just don't understand them. Maybe you think that I'm totally wrong and you could tell me that too.
feels like an episode that we would be doing if we like already had people who like followed the podcast. We're like, <laughs> I know, we're like, we're just talking about ourselves.